The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. It is, of course, only 12 days until Christmas, and who better to have dropping by than the one and only Brian Kennedy? Brian, how are you? I'm good, I'm mannerful. I thought I'd bring you a wee gift. Now, the gift happens to be my albums, but even so, I'm very well. Um, it's freezing cold outside, and because we're Irish, you see, we kind of love that, I think. I, I like being in the cold. Do you? Not too long. No, dabble like with it, it, but then it wakes move me up. up. I have to say, the hair is looking magnificent. The hair has made a full comeback. My God. I used to, years ago, I used to measure it to see how far to my nipples it would get. So we're nearly there again. You're almost to the nipple. Is the, is the nipple the, the line yeah. that you do not That's cross? That's the barometer. That's the nay plus ultra on the march oh, of the yeah, hair. Look, I, to have any hair at all at my age, and especially for it to still be mostly dark, it's, it's a minor the Christmas miracle. Mostly dark. You don't even have the slightest bit of recession. There isn't even a No, tiny my forehead bit of is actually coming be- forward. <laughs> this is what's going on with me. My hairline's actually coming forward. It didn't get the email, thank goodness. I was actually thinking about you yesterday because Tom Dunn was on the show doing his regular music uh-huh. slot, and he was talking through the Irish Times albums and songs and all the rest of it yeah. of the year and one of their categories was best comeback artist right number two on no number one on the list for best comeback artist Joni Mitchell ah, and I thought go. Brian will be delighted because of course you made the album A Love Letter to Joni A Love Letter to Joni I toured with Joni Mitchell across America with Van Morrison and Bob Dylan in 1998 but I mean for me she's never really gone away that's what I would have thought although she was unwell she's been unwell for some time but she I, I know what he's getting at Tom because she's now announced some live gigs for the first time since that 98 tour so she hasn't actually toured since then. She's 98, has she? Yeah, that's right. That's the last time she did a bunch of gigs around that. I mean, she did some, she did orchestral, you know, the, um, was a beautiful uh, reworking of her music with full orchestra called Both Sides Now and 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 then she did a volume two. Um, so I saw that live in New York in Madison Square Garden. So that's the last time she's done it. Was she still like good? That. Could she still carry it? Oh, she, then she was magnificent. Yeah, her instrument is very different these days, but... When somebody stands up at that age and says, I've looked at life from both sides now, you tend to believe them. Well, do you know who I saw a video of the other day who had, it was a tribute to him, I think, on Broadway, and yeah. he did a, a song. He I did, saw it. This is Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond. I saw it. I was amazed at how, how uh, well the voice is held yeah, up. Yeah, well, you know, use it or lose it, that's what I say. Speaking of health and Joni Mitchell, how's yeah. your own? Cause it's you're, good. You're almost at the point where you don't have to keep having the that, yearly check. That's right. I'm four years in now of all clear from the cancer, which is, uh, again, a minor miracle because, you know, we we lost a, a lovely friend recently in Grania Carr from cancer and it's never lost on me that the, in the same breath that you get good news, you know, the, the opposite of that news is not far away. So I am four years clear also because of the heart difficulties that massive heart attack I had a quadruple bypass I've so, forgotten all yeah, about yeah I know well, it's all a bit much isn't it um, but you know some say that school of thought that, that chemotherapy would have contributed to that damage and, and all of that because so when um, was the heart attack it was a, a year and a half ago um, so I had to have a I, was, I just had a heart attack at home um, and it, I, I literally um, walked myself over to A&E uh, at two o'clock in the morning saying, I think there's something wrong. Did you know it was a heart attack? I didn't really, I, I, but I knew it was something new. I knew either it was a, a return of some cancer thing or something was new. But you knew it was significant. It was a brand this was new not, pain. Right. It was a pain I'd never felt before. On the right-hand side of my body, not the left-hand side or in the middle like you Are you think. one of those rare people who has the heart on the wrong side? No, I, I think what the case is is that most people think your heart's on the left and it's not. It's, it's closer into the middle of your chest. So we just have that kind of misconception about where your heart is. So some people have no heart at all, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> some people have too much heart, as we know. 
So what are you planning next in terms of major <laughs> me- medical disasters? Oh, Absolutely <laughs> nothing. I'm getting better all the time. I'm meeting with my uh, heart support unit team tomorrow just to talk about medication and how that's going and all of that. But I had an, another scan there that was all very good and heading in the right direction. And did they do the full-on crack they, the chest, they open, open your, you up? They, they? Your, they open your oh. rib cage right up. They stop your heart. So I have been dead. It's a very interesting thing. So I'm here to tell you there were no angels and no bright lights there was just nothing. Even a whispering voice in the nothing, distance. Anything. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Relatives I, I, you haven't seen in a while. I've been nothing. dead, I'm telling you. Yeah. It was, and they take all the veins you see out of your leg and, and reroute it around your heart. It's extraordinary. How long do they have the heart stopped for? Oh, not very long. I mean, they had. Well, they, even a little is quite a bit when we're talking stopping your heart. I know. And, and good luck in starting it again. But I'm sitting here talking to you. So, something. Big, big shout out to Sarah Early, who was my surgeon. Thank you, Sarah. And she's one of the reasons I'm here. Well, fair play to her for the good work and, yeah. and long may its effects indeed, continue. Indeed. Yeah. Well, you're going to be putting the heart under stress over Christmas. You're, you're gigging. Um, well, it's my favourite thing in the world. You know, it just it actually is medicine for me when I go out. Uh, the, the, the big Christmas Dublin show is St. Anne's Church on Dawson Street on the 20th of December. At Doors open at 7, starts at 8. You can get tickets from eventbrite.ie, B-R-I-T-E, or actually from the church itself if you're passing and you're out shopping. Do churches make good venues to sing in? I would have thought the acoustics could be challenged. They, exactly right. They, it's like they kind of thought of it when they were building those 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 places, you know, because they do. There's a great love affair that happens because there's a history of all of the people that have come in and out, all of the sorrow, all of the joy, all of that. Um, I, I have this thing where I say that I have on whichever building I'm in, I have the the loan of the kind of ghosts of, of choirs past who come and join me and sing along with me and d- depending on what songs I'm doing. So I feel that very much. There's a wonderful mystical thing. It's a very dramatic building, candles and lights and in some cases stained glass and all of the congregation and yeah, it's wonderful. And do you have a church singing background? A wee bit. Uh, but growing up on the Falls Road, there wasn't much of an, you know, an no, outlet for singing. I remember years ago talking to you and you told me that yeah. one of the first things you remember of singing was harmonising with to the sound of, of ambulance That's sirens. Right. And Absolutely the true. If there was ever a movie made about me, that really should be the opening scene. After the, my mother pushing me out in the back room of the house because she, I, I, she didn't get to the hospital. Uh, and there were three before me and two after me, but I was born in the back room of the house. Uh, and on, who, on her own, did she have I, I, No, I think her mother was around, I think, 1966 this was. Fair play. I just aged myself. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's exactly what I used to do. We literally were getaways, had to queue up in a turnstile to get into the centre of town from West Belfast. No, no other part of the city was like that. And so I would stand there and just think of harmonies to the ambulances. And in those days, it was Nino Nino. There wasn't a Miami Vice once. No. Yeah, they've gone all very They've American. gone all they very any of the, dance club. <laughs> like listening to a rave coming at you. Exactly. So did you then shift into singing in choirs and churches? Yeah, and all that, that? because I used to go, obviously every Sunday, you know, it was, you didn't have a choice, you had to go to Mass. And st- sometimes there were folk singing, there were little folk groups and, and uh, choirs. And, and I was always distracted by that, thinking about what that might be like. And I had this compulsion, kind of blind compulsion to do it, didn't know how to do it. So I am the epitome of a kind of a, a natural singer in that sense that I didn't ever have anybody, until I opened my mouth in the at school and the music teacher loosely we'll call him the music teacher God love him he said to me he was sounding out notes he was trying to put a choir together and he sounded out notes on the piano and I sang it back to him and he was like oh do that again stay after class and I thought I was in trouble <laughs> and I stayed after class and he said sing that and sing this and he was like oh I think you have a voice and you know when someone in a position of power 
says something other than shut your face or, you know, blah, blah, blah. You think maybe that has it has a different temperature, that statement that he just said? Well, it's the funny thing. I was, I was reading a, a psychological study recently that said that one of the ways if you want to inculcate a behaviour in mm. somebody is praise them for already displaying it even before they have. Okay. So if you just say to somebody, God, you're very good at X, mm. they begin to foster it and develop yes, it. because yes. they, So in, in the same way, if you show even any kind of the raw talent that you would have had, oh, but I God love him. He was like, switch. he was faced with all these smelly teenage boys who would smoke so much they could hardly speak, never mind sing. And, and can you imagine trying to get a boys in the 70s to sing in West Belfast? Good luck. I was already an outcast at that time anyway, so it didn't matter. I was the kind of, I was the queer one, you know, the gay boy, the girl. So for me to do something that took me further away from the class was a, a relief to me. It wasn't. So a, you weren't out at that stage? In no, absolutely not. I wasn't, I didn't even know what it was. I wasn't even out to myself. I didn't have the language. I knew I had crushes on other boys though. And but I also had really deep uh, feelings for other girls, and in, in the sense that my friendships were mainly with girls. They were really exciting. Their games were more interesting. The gossip was way much better than boys. And I hated all the spitting and fighting and punching. And worst of all, I'm about to say it, Anton, football. <laughs> What's that about? Why don't they just give them all a ball? That's what I say. So you've not been glued to the World Cup. I, have, then, I, I didn't it. even know it was on. <laughs> I will tell you that only only I knew it was on because of the LGBTQ crisis that was happening uh-huh. and the whole Beckham scandal and everything. So yeah, um, that's the only reason I know it's on. But Slightly disappointing the way that all slid away out of the focus, didn't it? Not slightly years. disappointing, hugely disappointing. Um, you know, you have to lead from the top in these situations and they had a perfect opportunity to go over oh, good. Like I, I loved uh, Roy Keane. He just said it outright. And I thought, fair play to you, Roy. A fair play to the Germans as well. Yeah. And the thing of being yeah. gagged. I mean, there was a couple of people who took... Abs- and the, I mean, the Iranian team for what they took Absolutely. in terms of misogyny. Yeah. But there was also a lot of people who took the Saxon shilling. Yeah. I wonder what Elton John said to David Beckham over dinner then the, a week later. Because they're, they're buddies, you see. So I wonder what, how that conversation went. I wonder did Elton ring him and go, what are you up to? What are you doing? That's, yeah, because he has Beckham to some degree has traded on the being an LGBTQ plus oh, for ally sure. over the years. For sure, and you wonder how that goes down. I wonder. We I, we had the same manager. Simon Fuller was my manager for thirteen years, and he's, was he? And Beckham Beckham is is managed by him, I believe, still. And that whole and Spice Girls and all of that. Well, it's oh, yeah. funny. I interviewed Mel C a while ago. Oh, did you? Her, um, her her descriptions like her. of intera- Yes, she's lovely. Yeah. Her interactions with Simon Fuller. They they wouldn't make you warm to him in the way that he's described. How is right? Well, I didn't years? hear that interview, but certainly he. I was literally nineteen years old when I met him, and he started managing me shortly after that. And we and all through the Better Man period, that was all Simon Fuller's um, guidance and all of that. It's Absolutely. Good guidance. Well, yeah, of course. Commercially speaking, he would always say to me, "There's a fast lane and a slow lane. Which one do you want to be in? There's no middle lane. There's no nothing. Fast or slow? Which one do you want to be in?" I remember that. I have lots of little. Remembrances from, from from that time that he would literally. Which just did be, you pick? Well, I was wanting to be in the fast lane. Of course, I was. <laughs> but sometimes I was shoved over into the slow lane and then into the no lane at all. Sometimes, but I'm in a lane now that I like. I'm in control. I'm the record company. You know, I'm my own management company. Uh, all of that. I've got wonderful agents around the world and. You know, Folky, my current album is my 17th album. Let me tell you, I probably... 17th? Yeah, and 17. I probably wouldn't have 17 albums if I was signed to a major label because I've released an album every year for the last seven or eight years with Billy Farrell. And then I own my own work as well. The two records you're holding, Folky and Christmassy, I own that work. And that also, be the case. you've picked some of the absolute greats. Yes. Like the, the Legs of Poncho Train oh, is on yeah. Folky. Dead Kid, that's a Song program. for Ireland is oh, on man. there as well, which is amazing. Just- Look Although Kelly. high risk because so many of them have definitive mm. versions. Indeed. Like Paul Brady's Lazy Ponser yeah. Train. You want to be in the holier health before you say, right, well, I'll you, take you, that you've on. got to be brave. 
And it turns out I am brave. I'm a robust <laughs> fella from the Falls Road. And also, these are tributes, really, to, if you see on the back of the record, I dedicate them to Paul Brady. I dedicate to a song for Ireland to Mary Black and Luke Kelly, and so on and so forth. It's a way for me to look back and go, thank you for bringing this music to the fore. But I would say to any singer out there, it's really important to look back and to look at what came before you in order to become a better singer, I would say. Don't what, be afraid. One of the ones that you have on Christmas Eve yes. is um, Fairy Tale in New York. Where do yes. you stand on that challenging lyric? Oh, well, I, I recorded it as, as it was written. I'm honouring the um, the author, which is Shane McGowan, uh, who hopefully he's feeling better, and Jem Finer, I believe, is the co-writer on that song. Look, I mean, I think there's an argument for reclaiming words for taking the heat out of them. Some some words are not possible to do that. Some are. As a, f- a gay fellow of 56 years old, I was called faggot many times in my life, disparagingly. And in some cases, that still exists. But um, I had a c- conversation with the... It was the gay uh, community down in Cork there, and I threw it out to them. And I said, look, I'm, I've recorded this song. How do you all feel about it? Do you think I shouldn't have done that? And every one of them said... And they were young people. They were just like, not at all. D- d- you know, it, that doesn't really have any any offence to us anymore. So there's a way some words are, are I think are reclaimable I think and that's one of them because yeah, it does true. mean loads of different things but it's also it's different if it is sung by someone who was yeah. the term of that abuse it's, I yeah. assume it's a bit like the n-word you have a right yeah. to yeah. it that not necessarily a, a that's correct you, I couldn't as a white person use the n-word um, but I certainly could I, and I actually don't use the word faggot unless I'm singing that song and it makes me think of those they're little like uh, pudding things aren't they and, and also you were called that if you were at public school and you were a little lackey for the head boy yeah and, and all I think that. technically it is still technically the description mm. for a bale of twigs right but it's right. rarely used I wouldn't recommend rarely, going into the garage exactly. and we all know what it, it was used for and now we're taking the heat out of it Brian, remind us, you're going to be in um, St. Anne's Church yes. on Dawson Street. On That's the, the 20th, 20th of, of December. December. And if people want tickets, it is eventbrite.ie and of course Folkies yes. and Christmassy. You can get those only really at the shows now. I, if you come to the show, I'm going to sign those records afterwards. You can get them from the shop on the website, of course, and some um, Golden Discs have them still, but we'll see. Well, if you want to see Brian and his magnificent hair, uh-huh. he will be in <laughs> St. Anne's Church on December 20th. Brian, always a pleasure. Thank you, Anton. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.